Welcome to the Three Strands Podcast. You're about to hear a Q&A session from our missions weekend. The session was led by Pastor Kenny and features missionaries from Lexington, Kentucky, Chile, Cuba, and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. We hope you enjoy hearing these updates and perspectives from all around the world. All right, good morning, guys. Um, we're going to have a quick question and answer panel, but uh, I just want you to know the reason the room is not full, that more people are not here, is because Dave keeps show- giving pictures of himself as prizes for memorizing scripture. And I heard him tell our missionaries yesterday morning not to share the gospel, whatever you do. Okay? And so that's why the room's not full. That's a joke. Where's. Okay, so this was supposed to be in last night's session, but uh, I hear that there was so much eating going on, they didn't have time to fit this in, and I didn't believe it until I got home, and I started shoving four empanadas down my throat and drinking salsa with it, and I understand now why they didn't have time for this, so that was some good stuff last night. So we just have four people on our panel here, and uh, just going to ask them some just basic questions that you guys may want to know, and have them fill you in on kind of what they do, and why it's important. So you guys can kind of answer in any order you want to. It's kind of popcorn it. And uh, you don't have to answer every question if you don't want. But if you feel like, hey, I'd like to answer that one, just jump right in, okay? So the first question, real simple. Like, what? how would you define missions? What is missions and why is it important? Somebody want to tackle that one? What is missions and why, is it, why does it matter? I'd like to say that uh, our God is a, a mission God. So Jesus left his throne, his uh, dwelling place. This, uh, Jesus is God. He came to see us. He came to visit us. He came to save us. He took our body, and then uh, he can live among people in our culture, in people who speak language like uh, Hebrew and uh, Aramaic, and he can teach to them. And uh, he's, uh, he can partner also with us, with the uh, apostle, our God is a God of partnership also, because uh, He created man in each in in own image, and then uh, He wanted man to represent Him on the earth, and then He commissioned man so to glorify Him and to tell His name to other people. So, mission is God sending us to tell, to talk about the gospel, about the good news of our Lord. God is partnering with us so that we can help people to reconcile with him. Because people, they can't enjoy peace in the heart if they are not reconciled with the God of peace. God is the God who makes peace. You can't enjoy peace if you are not in communion with God if you are not reconciled with God. So this is what the Lord is asking us to do on his behalf. He wants to partner with us so that we can tell people about him, tell people about what he's doing so that he can save people. He's the one who saves with transform people. Yeah, and that would go for all of us, right, who call ourselves followers of Jesus, not just a special category of missionaries, right? And by the way, I forgot. This is Marion Frisbee, Sherry Haggerty. Gabriel, you'll have to pronounce your last name for me. Kisanga. Kisanga. Okay? And Aaron Kersey, by the way, okay? Anybody else want to tackle that one? How would you define missions and why it matters? I would like to make a comment. Um, obviously, it is to get the gospel out, to plant churches, to disciple and to minister to people. Where we have our mission work in Cuba, we cannot freely travel 
and establish a church. We have to go through nationals. So our ministry is focused on supporting the national pastors, helping them with their evangelism, helping them train their church members so that the gospel can be spread. And if travel is permanently shut down, if we can never, ever return to Cuba, the national pastors will carry on. All right, let's keep rolling. Um, how do local churches like ours, okay? How do local churches like ours impact what you guys do on the mission field? We, we say that they pray, go, or send. So your local church is a hub of missions because we can't go without a church sending us. Uh, that's scriptural. So that's the job of the church. They have to send out the missionaries. You need to pray for your missionaries. You need to send your missionaries. You need to support them financially so that they can go. And uh, that's the role of the church. Uh, holding us in prayer is vital. It's, it's just vital. Just as you pray for your pastors, we need the prayer too. Yeah, and another question I would follow up, and she just kind of answered, like, if you wanted to get involved, like, how can we help? She just named, like, two or three ways you can help. So somebody else want to answer that one? Yeah, so um, with the Great Commission, we're all, we're all called to um, go make disciples. Not every single person is called to do it vocationally, but every single person is called to participate in missions, whether it be sending or giving or just praying. Like That is all part of the Great Commission. We're all working together in a partnership, in a team, um, to reach people for Christ and to see the kingdom grow and to see people um, built up in their faith to be sent out on mission themselves. Anybody else on that one? How do local churches impact what you do specifically on the mission field? I can say that also the local church has, they can also encourage missionaries. As we are working, we need prayer support, we need the resource, we need also encouragement. This is a wonderful, a powerful contribution that the local church can uh, participate with so that uh, because when you are encouraging people, you are using the word of God, God can use you to empower us by your encouragement. So we need mm -hmm. that also. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay, can I make um, a comment? Yeah, jump in. Um, one of the things that I think is very beneficial to the local church is to do mission trips yourself. Now, I know our relationship with some of the people in this church body, Larry and I took you on mission trips, not across the Atlantic to Africa or to some foreign country, but everybody can participate some way, locally or maybe in a neighboring state. And maybe there's some of you who actually do want to go to Cuba or to the Congo, but everybody can do something. Yeah, I went on a mission trip with Larry and Marianne back a long time ago to Tucumcari, New Mexico. And when we got back, I ended up on the board singing, a, uh, on the screen, singing a song with a cowboy hat and a goatee that Larry put up there. Okay, so I need to sign a permission form to do that from now on. But. Missions is fun. Yeah, missions is fun, okay? So until you hear me sing. All right, um, so describe a moment, any, any moment on the mission field that was so big 
That man, you just knew that was God. That was so cool what God did. If you can keep it brief. I know you have several, but just pick one and say, man, this time that was, that was, that was cool what God did there. Time on the mission field is so vivid, so big. I just knew that was God. Anybody want to answer that one? I think for me, just getting to the mission field. Like, so the company I work for, Crew, we have to raise our own financial support. So everything that I get is, is from churches. It's from people that I know. Uh, and usually it takes anywhere from 18 to 24 months to raise that support. Uh, and the Lord did a huge work. It was nothing I did. And he met that goal in seven months uh, to get me onto the, onto the field faster. Uh, so, yeah, that was just, it blew me away a little bit to see, like, I can do nothing. My last, like, 10, 15%, I didn't do anything for it. The Lord just brought it in. I can say also living by faith. So when we are working for the Lord, we are not doing our own mission. We are doing the Lord's mission. He's the one who is implementing his mission and is strengthening us. So we are living by faith. I can see the Lord uh, doing great things by faith, touching people, transforming people. He can send me to foreign country. Sometimes I can go to Angola, where I don't know many people from this area. Sometimes I don't know their culture. I can learn that, to study that, and read that, but you don't uh, pick everything. But the God, God can still use us to bring the gospel and see many people coming to him. That's amazing. I like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. When we were in Chile, uh, my husband was the director of Santiago Christian Academy. And every year, like any school, you have people retire, or we had several short-term teachers that would come for one or two years. So often, a year would come, and we'd be like, Lord, we need these positions filled. And time and time again, God would bring people to the field. Like you were saying, God works in people's hearts individually. He's a very personal God. But when I look at it and see how he orchestrates to move people, to bring them to answer your prayer, it just leaves me speechless. Um, we had a, a, I could go on and I could give you story after story, but I'll give you two that I think of right now. One was a girl, we needed a second secretary. She married a Guatemalan. He kept it private that he was not a US citizen. He ended up getting exported. They ended up in Chile because Chile has good relationships with the U.S. So their plan was to stay in Chile for several years till they could apply for a proper visa. She had worked 25 years in the U.S. as her church secretary. We had been praying for an additional secretary in the school office, and she showed up at our door, answered prayer. Another woman, um, we really wanted to have a guidance counselor that could help our kids and our college. A woman came to us, again, a believer in Christ. She said, look, my husband's here doing his doctorate in mathematics. Why somebody ends up in Chile doing their doctorate in mathematics? It's so that we could have a guidance counselor to help our kids. It always amazes me how quickly people respond to the gospel. Um, Larry was walking in the downtown area, just inviting people to attend church. Fifty people who had never been in church before showed up that night for a revival service, and I think over 20 of them 
came forward for salvation. In Cuba, you cannot be baptized until you attend 12 weeks of discipleship classes. So out of those 20 who made a profession of faith, when Larry did a return visit, I think there was 18 of them waiting for him to baptize him. So their faith is serious. They've made a commitment. And the Spirit of God is just all over the place. All right. Um, this one's a little outside the box here, but your husbands will appreciate this, okay? What is one thing? I'm just going to work down the, the line here. And I know your spouses aren't here, so if you want to answer this, you're welcome to. What's one thing you really respect about your husband? And then one thing you guys really love about your wife? If, we're going to hopefully they'll listen to this. And, and you'll get some brownie points. But what's one thing you really respect about your husbands and one thing you guys really love about your, your wife? You need some time to think on that one, Marianne? Or do you want me to let you go last? No. Um, he doesn't give up. Um, lots of adversity, lots of things that can be discouraging, and he still keeps going forward. Um, a lot of people tell you no, a lot of people say yes, I'll do something, and then they don't, and you're depending on this, um, but you keep on going. God gave him a mission, and I, God draws both husband and wife into a situation like this, and we will continue because we know God has called us. I appreciate the way um, he just watches his time carefully. Um, and anybody in ministry, you know, quickly, it can be all-encompassing and all-absorbing. But he's careful about that, and I, I appreciate that. Uh, I can say that uh, I'm very grateful since uh, she can take care of her children. While I'm gone, sometimes she comes with me also in the remote area where there are dangerous uh, animals and uh, dangerous uh, snakes and uh, she can also pray to support the ministry and God has gifted her. She used to sing professionally, singing and music and sometimes when she will be singing, many people will be calm. That will help us to spread the gospel, to preach the gospel. Some people, they are uh, skeptic, they don't want to come. But when she's singing, she got nice voice and people, they like that. When they will come just for music, you know, Africa, we are, we, we like music, culturally, music people, they like that. And sometimes when we are uh, advertising to bring people to come, because we still, all schools are over there, I can say mass evangelism over there, we still do that. And we don't have sometimes uh, uh, the means to advertise to bring people, but singing is our best way to hook up with people, to call them to come. It is a kind of bell in Africa. When it is ringing, people, they can come. And she got a nice voice. When she's singing, a lot of people will show up. That will help us also to preach the gospel. I like that. Mm. I pray the Lord also for that. I think for me it's twofold. It's uh, encouragement and love. Um, so <clears throat> this whole thing for joining or joining staff with crew and, and joining the, the mission field uh, is a little scary, you know. I've been doing other things for a while, and she was just super encouraging in that, to always point me to Jesus, always um, just encouraged through, through all the, the low times, the hard times, uh, and just her love for people, like not just our family, like me and my son, and 
uh, but love for everybody. Like, she is welcoming to anyone. Like, we have people in our home four nights a week most, night, most weeks uh, because she just loves on them and wants to see them grow closer to Christ and see her disciple students. When she's not on staff, she doesn't do missions. She's, a, she's an occupational therapist, but she's still teaching people about Jesus, leading them into a closer relationship with him. Uh, I think those are probably my two big ones for her. Okay, last question's twofold. I'd like for everybody to answer this one, okay? But what is your, your biggest struggle on the mission field? And then how can our church pray for you? What's my biggest struggle on the mission field? And how can Three Strands Church pray for you, whoever wants to go first? For myself, the biggest struggle is finding someone to raise up as leaders to take care of uh, the work we were doing and the mission. When I'm planting church in Angola, finding somebody from that area so that he can take care of the church after we finish, uh, after I planted the church. So we need to find somebody from many areas where we are planting church. Sometimes we're among pygmies area. We need to find somebody who speaks pygmies language, who knows pygmies culture, who is willing also to uh, devote himself to invest his life for the sake of the kingdom, train him and uh, raise him as a leader. I can say this is the big challenge besides resource. Because resource, money, and difficult, this is everywhere. Everywhere, uh, everybody has that. Even in the United States, they still need money when you are going to the mission field. But funding people who can come along with you and raise them, it is difficult. We need to trust in God. He's God of church planting. He's God, God himself is the one who selects people. If you are selecting by your eyes, you will be like a, a, a Samuel. Instead of uh, anointing David, he sees David like a, a young boy. He was expected to, uh, to anoint David elder brother, but God has chosen somebody else. So we need uh, God, guidance, wisdom, and he can select his people so that they can take care of uh, what he wants them to do as mission. Um, for us, currently, uh, it changes, his life changes, but uh, we care for our elderly parents. Uh, our ministry affords us to work from home, and we just go to the head office uh, for different training um, conferences that we offer there, and um, both our mothers have Alzheimer's, so just prayer for that. Um, resources. We are trying to raise money. Our goal is to have every national pastor in Cuba in our eastern region to have a relationship with an individual, a Sunday school, or a church that they can pray together and that they can get the financial resources that they need to keep their family intact. The national pastors are evangelistic, they are building churches, but they are in desperate physical need. So our desire is to get those resources to them, and of course that the country would open up again so that we could personally get back down to encourage them. I think for us, um, biggest struggle in, in, in ministry would be uh, time. Like I said, 
they've mentioned it too, like time can slip away from you in ministry. Um, it's just making the time for my family and making sure that they're not suffering from me being uh, on the mission field. Um, but also uh, with our students, we want to, we've been praying that our students would keep the first things first. And I'll actually talk about this later, but um, we want them to love the Lord with everything they have and then serve out of that uh, for them to be missional while on campus to lead to a, a lifelong of missions. In the- Thanks again for listening in on this session from our missions weekend. We hope you enjoyed it. You can find out more about our church by checking out our website, threestrands.church.